Hello, hello, and welcome to another Hometown Daily. Today is Season 2, Episode 223 for August 11th, 2023. What the duck? Yeah, today's articles are suddenly Sotheby's fault. White wine on the weekend is fine. Dock someone and get lawsuit docks. Duck Duck Derby in Chicago. California uses AI to detect wildfires. The namesake for our episode is What the Duck, and that's the next article. And then we're going to be talking about new recycling process for plastic waste. And then pencil this lawsuit in AI. Kiwi recalled in 14 states. Roblox, 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 Roblox. Recalled under pressure and without light. And talk about getting the boot. That's right. All that and more on Hometown Daily. Hello. Again, I am Merwat. That is hometown.com. And up there is the AI that keeps me in check. You want to say hello to all? Good evening, hometown citizens. Yay. So just a reminder, that screen has gotten a little bit smaller, but this screen has gotten a little bit bigger, and so has the visualizer. Let me know if that plays into any problems with you as a viewer. Um, we did this because uh, basically it looked like I was just this kind of, I, I was um, like a Lego uh, what, minifig, kind of sitting in the corner of the screen and um, somebody had said something about <laughs> the video being really tiny, so <laughs> I decided. Have you ever been called a minifig before? I've never been called a minifig, but they didn't even call me a minifig. It's oh, just wow. that, <laughs> um, and in real life, I would never be called a minifig. Although there are people that are much bigger than me. I'm not the smallest person on the planet. Anyway, <laughs> what a weird day. Um. Did anything really weird happen today as part of the of the 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 pre hometown daily show? Anything really exciting happened? Not really, right? I mean, it's been kind of a chill Friday. It is Friday. We've been pretty busy, but other it is than that, finally Friday. But yes, finally Friday. That should be the name of every episode of Friday for hometown daily finally friday that's what we should just call it i like it uh so today's show has at least two duck stories what's I mean, going what on what is that about plus we have something that sounds like ducks but isn't ducks That docks? would be doxing. Oh, boy. Okay. Wow. I think the AI's code might be a little bit off. Anyway, let's get into it. <laughs> Today's first article is over in Prime Glass. I'm going to start out with a little bit of soapboxing, but not much, because I'm going to let you all go uh, as soon as possible in terms of news. But I do want to address this because this is probably 
the well we're really early in the show so i i can't throw too much colorful language out all at once uh, and I don't know who all as hometown citizens is, uh, are listening to this or lurking or anything. Um, the articles over in prime glass, it's because it's having to do with art, um, board ape yacht club collectors, Sue Sotheby's over NFT auction. And the moment that I heard of NFTs. I kept saying, this is all a bunch of BS. Um, it's FOMO. It's, uh, people that are riding the wave of grift to get money off of randomly generated, whatever, and artwork that has no inherent value in it. Right. Um, Oh, it's the only one that'll ever be made. No, it's digital artwork for crying out loud, which means it's, it's infinitely, infinitely available. Infinitely. I can copy it again and again and again. Sure, 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 sure. You have number one, but I've got an exact duplicate that is 14 millionth in line in terms of provenance. But suddenly because the value tanks suddenly a bunch of people are going Sotheby's you're the reason why I was defrauded. The auction houses, 2021 sale helped lend legitimacy to the line of cartoon apes. The plaintiffs claim and was misleading promotion. You know what you are when you say that kind of stuff oh, before I get too far too high on my soapbox. This is from the art newspaper.com. Uh, Carly Porterfield is the author. So this is the poor, uh, the, the photo that you see here is a, uh, board ape yacht club mural in New York. Now this would have more value if you were to chop it out of the building because it would be the one and only version of this, right? This is painted on, uh, uh, a brick building facade, but like a Banksy, it's the only one in existence. So it has value to those who appreciate that style of artwork from that particular artist, maybe even that particular venue, right? But all of these NFTs are a bunch of BS people who wanted to ride the wave of it being hyped up fear of missing out garbage. And because they couldn't capitalize on it fast enough to a great, to, to the highest value, maybe they paid a million dollars for something. And now it's worth $250,000. They lost $750,000. And now it's suddenly Sotheby's fault. Not that they and had a, a bad volatile, beat. um, asset it's not pegged to any value the only thing that it's pegged to is other people's fear of missing out and or their appreciation of the art so a group of investors investors there's the problem here you sorry i'm not even eight minutes into it and i want to start throwing some colorful language around 
A group of investors have filed a lawsuit against Sotheby's over accusations that the auction house took part in a misleading promotion to boost the profile of Board Ape Yacht Club NFTs, non-fungible tokens, which is nothing more than a digital representation for a piece of artwork that is also digitally represented so that you are the owner of it. And now you can actually buy and sell those NFTs to other people who are also suffering from irrational exuberance and the desire to be a greedy bastard and sell these things that have zero value. Okay. Some of which have been created by random generation of uh, computer graphics to create them, which they are inherently unprotected by the copyright office. But as art, I guess you can appreciate them, but I can grab a screenshot of it and stick it on my uh, wallpaper on my computer and you're none the wiser. Why? Because I can see it on my screen. So tough. Anyway, because again, they couldn't capitalize on it. They got a bad beat. They lost their shirt. They basically made a poor decision. It's suddenly somebody else's fault. Sotheby's was named as a defendant in a class action lawsuit filed in California last week alongside Yuga Labs, the creator of the Board Ape Yacht Club NFTs. In the lawsuit, the group of investors claims that they were misled um, about the NFTs, which feature colorful illustrated apes produced by an algorithm and peaked in value in late 2021. That's the problem right there. If these greedy bastards would have been able to profit from it, they would not be bitching about this. They would not say a single solitary thing if they doubled, tripled, etc. their money. But because they're losing money or they're not getting as much as they perceive they should have gotten on their return on investment, you know, line, suddenly it's Sotheby's fault. Not that they suck. The lawsuit claims Sotheby played part uh, to deceptively promote the artificially inflated value of the NFTs. No, they were the ones that did it. Sotheby's just the vehicle by which an auction takes place. Yeah, I really don't agree with going after Sotheby's here. I mean, the very nature of this kind of asset to me, it's like trying to sue somebody if the stock market goes up or down. Correct. I, I don't know. And that's it's what this is. It's a great analogy, but yeah. Um, Maybe. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, I, I don't have a problem with NFTs. I really don't. Um, but I don't like the approach going after Sotheby's here because it's basically like we expected risky. We thought it was going to go in our favor. It didn't. So now we want to pin it on somebody else. Yeah. They're saying that Sotheby's gave it gravitas and because it gave it provenance, it gave it the Sotheby's name. It's suddenly worth more. No, a bunch of idiots were bidding it up. And then one balks and somebody ended up with a, a, an asset that you know, has the ass directly involved in it. So, no, I'm sorry. Y you suck. You got it wrong. Take your NFT and slink back to wherever you were. 
Sotheby's representations uh, that the undisclosed buyer was a traditional collector had misleadingly co uh, created the impression that the market for BAYC NFTs um, had crossed over to a mainstream audience, the plaintiff's legal team wrote in the complaint. No, you suck at understanding what the NFT is and that it was an asset. Art shouldn't be an asset unless it is by the very nature of appreciation by the very people who think of it as art, want it as art, want to appreciate it as art. It just happens to have a knock-on effect that it's worth millions of dollars. But that's not how you people treated this. You treated it as an asset to own, buy, and sell, and trade. So I had, um, I was thinking, isn't Sotheby's the same auction house that had the famous incident with the shredding of the Banksy? Uh, painting and I looked it up and it was yeah so I mean my point being that that was a very public event and while that wasn't necessarily Sotheby's fault I just I don't know Sotheby's is just a name I, I think they're yep. just really trying to pin something on them and it has yep. nothing to do it could have been Bob's bait and tackle auction house and the same result could have happened true so this is going to be interesting to actually watch this play out and we'll end up watching this play out and so the bees is prepared to vigorously defend itself all it is it, it's all its sole repute representation uh, is that it is an auction house and it happens to have a lot of high-priced art flow through it the simple fact that NFTs are no longer, not all NFTs are high priced assets, always increasing in value is really a determinant by the market, not Sotheby's. So, well, that's true. And if they had not sued and maybe waited a year, it might have spiked in price again. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Um, just you know because what? you're not on the NFT train doesn't mean other people can't be. Oh, no, there's a lot of people that have made millions off of it. But I think that it's fear of missing out. And and I know personally people who have uh, uh, been on that train and got off at the perfect time in terms of Bitcoin and NFTs. Um, but my particular compass doesn't allow me to buy into that. So I guess meh. Um, but I've not done a lot of things because my moral compass, my ethical compass doesn't allow me to do things that other business people will do. Um, hell, apparently that gets people to not, anyway, let, I'll just move on. Let's go on. Sound good? Sounds great. Hey, the next article is over in the order of the grape. Um, it goes by of the grape over on hometown.com. Uh, but this one is six white wines to try to help you understand white wine. So a lot of people don't necessarily uh, understand the full scope. Um, I, I guess the range of uh, white wine out there. Um, and there is a, a great website that provides all kinds of information about uh, wine in general, but this is a vinepair.com article. Adam Teeter is the author. Um, and they run through a list. Uh, it's Friday. So maybe you want to, uh, listen to this podcast and, and, uh, 
write down some notes because after here, you can go over to vinepair.com. And you know what? Before I get too far into this discussion, let me throw it into the VOD so that it's there as well. It'll be in the show notes, um, rest assured. And um, you'll be able to go tomorrow because that's when the podcast will get um, set up tomorrow morning, um, released tomorrow morning. But this should be over on YouTube and the show notes will be available on YouTube. Um, but they talk about the white wines for beginners, like Chardonnays and Sauvignon Blanc and Pinot Grigio and dry wheat Rieslings and sweet Rieslings. And they talk about the differences between each of those. Um, like dry isn't as sweet as sweet. It's kind of interesting. They refer to it as dry, um, but it, it's not depending on who you are and, 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 uh, your personality, you might appreciate the more refreshing Riesling because of its sweeter nature than it's, um, what do they call it? Um, I don't know. Dry Rieslings actually, and, and dry white wines and reds in particular have this kind of desiccant kind of, a they, they suck the, the moisture out of you. Um, you feel like you've been walking through the desert. <laughs> yes. And, um, you might like one thing over another and, uh, Pinot Grigio has reached meme level in terms of what people say about Pinot Grigios. Cause it's been on various in various movies, uh, that somebody orders a Pinot Grigio. Um, I guess it's kind of bushy. I don't know, but, um, so they walk through this. It says the most popular white wine of Italy is Pinot Grigio, uh, has refreshing flavors of lime, lemon, apple, uh, green apple. This is how the bougie thing appears because people start talking in terms of the character before you've even taken a drink of it. They've got it described and in great, almost luscious terms and it just makes you thirsty. Um, but I won't spend any more time on this. Do you have as an AI who's analyzed wines, a particular type of wine that you dig? Well, yes, but you kind of stole my thunder. Oh, because it's actually Pinot Grigio. Oh, really? Wow. And why is that? Well, I would have said because it has refreshing flavors, but that's what's stated in the article. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go, folks. And um, the other one would be actually Vino Verde for similar reasons. It's not in the article, though. But why isn't it in there? Is, is it? Because it doesn't list every white wine under the sun. And I think it's a little more um, mm. not as universal interesting Maybe not as highbrow or whatever oh right okay so the ai drinks um like um it is what, not boxed prison, wine <laughs> prison toilet wine there you go okay let's just keep moving before i say too much the next article is over in the word and law illinois just made it possible to sue people for doxing attacks which i think is great and kind of moving us forward uh in favor of protecting personally identifiable information. Um, sorry, I need to take care of something while we're talking about this. 
So Illinois just made it possible to sue people for doxing. It's in the word in law. Last Friday, Illinois. Do you think it's odd that it's Illinois that did that? And not, I don't know, California or is that, is it just I Illinois? Do, but I feel like I've seen some other kind of progressive moves out of Illinois, if I'm not mistaken, from some other articles. I mean, it would not be the one I would have expected. I would have said California or New York right, would right. have started with this. But um, I think we've seen something else from them recently. I just don't remember which yeah, topic it, it was. Yeah, Illinois is popping up on my radar for some reason, but I'm not quite sure why. So last Friday, Illinois became one of the few states, uh, one of the few states to pass an anti-doxing law. Doxing is when you reveal personally identifiable information, typically in mass. It isn't just a, this is a person who lives at this address. Doxing it, it exposes them to a greater, broader, th like worldwide threat. Um, because the information that is exposed is enough to spin up an alternate personality somewhere. In fact, I know somebody who's going through this right now where somebody, uh, opened up a bank account, um, and that has had knock on effects of them not being able to do other things with, uh, involving credit and their identity, um, uh, because, institutions that rely on available information, they haven't synced up to remove the bad data. Um, and, uh, when I was younger, that happened to me as well, uh, where somebody bought a car in my name in another state, uh, and I had to jump through flaming hoops to remove that, um, and prove that it wasn't me because they, uh, credit card companies, financial institutions, they fail closed as in locked down and you are guilty until you prove that you didn't do it. Um, because the evidence is assumed to be correct <laughs> because I guess it's absurd that somebody would steal your identity, right? Well, it's not, I mean, it happens. Yeah. It shouldn't happen, but it definitely does. Yeah, exactly. And by the way, one of the things that Illinois did recently uh, was it was the first in the nation legislation to prevent book bans. They've done oh. some raising of minimum wages. They've done some other, what I would see as positive legislation. Pretty progressive, huh? And seemingly broad spectrum. It's not, you know... <laughs> focusing on one particular venue, one particular domain. So the state cracks down on doxing, uh, but there is still no federal law, which I think really needs to come into existence. Um, but until somebody brings it um, and requests that legislation be made at the federal level, um, it, it's not going to happen. And I'm not quite sure what everybody's afraid of in terms of um, doxing. Basically it, you should be able to federally prosecute anybody that reveals personally identifiable information. Um, now, one of the issues might be, well, what do you coin as personally identifiable information? Um, but frankly, if I'm anonymous online and you reveal my name, that should be 
pretty much enough. Seems pretty clear, right? <laughs> yeah. But I agree. It, I think that might be why, because it seems like nobody would really be opposed to this concept. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's a partisan issue. Um, yeah, I just, I don't really get it. But I also think sometimes when we see state legislation efforts, that actually ends up spilling over and then there might be federal legislation you know if they see multiple states doing something like this they might take it up so it, that could have a positive effect too well i'm going to argue with you about one particular thing there are some wing nuts that would probably be anti this doxing That's law fair. because they have the ability to tell fellow wing nuts about this person who's doing some great wrong to the wing nut what um wing <laughs> the, that's um, fair i guess i was thinking in general yeah if you're a middle of the road in any major party you probably don't think doxing is good yeah i agree um this article by the way is over at ars technica by ashley bellinger um let me throw it into chat as we go through this and we can keep on going i i think that uh, I, I'm not really going to soapbox too much through this. Um, the Civil Liability for Doxing Act. Um, I think that's actually misspelled. You, oh, I guess they actually called it with one X. Every time I've ever heard of doxing, it's with two. But anyway. Including in the headline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this, God, this actually, this kind of screams boomer, right? Like... <laughs> Hey, you misspelled doxing every, my entire existence around the term doxing has two X's in it, but it says is sometimes spelled doxing. All right. I guess on a drunk Tuesday. Anyway. Oh, that's it, really weird. Yeah. They're using it with one X. I wanted to see if it was actually, and not just a typo in the article, but. Oh no. I think it's that they put this in parentheses so that they covered their, so that Ars Technica didn't get perceived to be having a typo in their article. But so it's going to take effect January 1st, 2024. So that's great. I think it says a temporary restraining order, emergency order of protection, or a preliminary or permanent injection to restrain and prevent the disclosure or continued disclosure of a person's personally identifiable information or sensitive personal information. Um, is the uh, request that can be made and recover damages. And so victim no more, folks. Um, doxing, at least in Illinois. See, now the problem is that the event of doxing somebody doesn't necessarily take place in Illinois. So Where they're the wrong. Is, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, and so it can end up. Well, Illinois issued this restraining order and blah, blah, blah. But other states, unless they bow to the request from state to state, which if it was a federal law, then it would instantly kick in. Hey, this state is requesting that state to remove X personally identifiable information under their doxing law or anti-doxing law. Um, then the other state would go, oh, okay, okay. I mean, because the federal government is supposed to be the glue that bonds all of the states together. Um, but it seems like it's the vilification of some other state is the glue that bonds all of the states together. I really don't, you know, one state said, well, not everybody, you know, there, 
there's, there's the some states that certainly don't have a lot of respect for other states yeah. and i think probably every state falls into that for something to some degree yeah somebody is anyway um i think it's really interesting and uh they talk about it at the end of the article about feds mole best way to combat doxing um and it, it involves the anti-defamation league and trying to pitch congress uh some way of and see they do it there too i don't know they really need to keep it with the again this may be anecdotal it may just be me um, but doxing in all my time has always been two x's yeah whatever um, i've only seen it with two x's before this article but now i see it when i was looking for it all over the place in relation to uh, legislation with yeah, one x one x but if the common person uses it with two x's it yeah. might make sense to address it that way but anyway yeah i mean if the usage is always two x's the marketing for anti-doxing kind of loses People its thunder be like what is that <laughs> it's like renaming twitter to x okay let's just move on i'm not there the, the next article is over in hometown daily watch as thousands of rubber ducks float down chicago river in annual duck derby i hope that they actually have oh yeah they do let me back up i'll play the video it's muted thousands of rubber ducks float down the chicago river in annual duck derby uh uh this isn't a very fast derby no, well, I guess it depends on the current. <laughs> well, it's currently really slow. <laughs> Look, maybe they're spraying it to get it moving. Like it's just sitting there. Wow. Yeah, they're oh, actually. Look at the thing. It says thousands of rubber ducks raced <laughs> down the Chicago River. Yeah, not much of a race. Oh, well, anyway. Um,. Yeah, sorry for the, the dead air. This is kind of, <laughs> it's funny and sad at the same time. This is an abcnews.go.com article. Um, it's just a video. It doesn't have who actually put it together. Maybe at the very beginning it does. No, it doesn't. Um, but it's uh, supporting the Special Olympics, Illinois. And it uh, was uh, done for a good cause. So I don't care how slow it went. It it's for a good cause so pretty cool hopefully people paid I, mean, I think we need more duck derbies we do need ducks yep yeah, that's that's exactly i think that we, we need don't want like to be a, training ducks to race or anything <laughs> what what's it called um gels marble run right or is it yells marble run have we ever figured yells, out I think. yells i think it's yells um as well so i think we need a yells marble run of duck derbies um, that's just high speed and, and has full on events and stuff like that. I mean, that Hold would on. be good. It's just unfortunate because maybe every other day the current is moving and then they have the duck derby and <laughs> it's just kind of <laughs> hanging I out. I blame climate change. <laughs> okay. Let's keep going. 
the next article is over in uh, Technology Today. California deploys AI to detect wildflowers, wildfires before they start spreading. AI and climate change represent two ways humans may ravage life uh, as we know it on Earth. But the former can also help with the consequences of the latter. Uh, The California Department of Forestry and Fire Protection, or CAL FIRE, uh, revealed a new program today that uses AI to detect wildfire wildfires. Why do I want to say wildflowers? I don't know, but I thought the article was actually about wildflowers based on what you said earlier. And I was going, what? <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. Um, created in partnership with the University of California, San Diego, the Alert California AI program takes feeds from 1,032, 360-degree rotating cameras and uses AI to identify abnormalities within the camera feeds. It then notifies emergency services and other authorities to check if there's a potential blaze. This is what AI should be doing. Exactly. I mean, this is great. Yep. Because they, okay. I, I don't know if people know this, but there are fire watch towers where rangers are sitting up in these fire watch towers looking for fires. And that's their gig. Hey, I'm going to go and sit up in a, in a, in a watchtower and look for smoke. And then they see smoke and they run down there and Joe is sitting there smoking his pipe and, and everybody's like, Joe, you got to stop smoking your pipe. You're alerting the forest rangers that there's a fire. Oh, sorry about that. Sorry about that. Um, so this article's over at Engadget. The program flags potential blazes from over 1000 cameras across the uh, region. I think it's funny that they say rotating cameras, but maybe they're rotating the feeds itself. Not like there isn't 1032 cameras that are all being observed at the same time. They're rotating them in periodically. Oh, I see. You you know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. But the way that it's It's written like super fast spinning or whatever. Right, right, right. Because it says 360 degree rotating cameras. There are actually cameras that are 360 degree field of view. So uh, I guess I'm convoluting two things, multiple things all at once into, into one, you know, thing in my head. Um, cause 20 years ago I created a camera that did that. It actually was a camera that was looked up at, it basically pointed straight up at a, a silver dome and then math unwrapped it so that you could see in 360 degrees with special software. Um, it was pretty neat, but we didn't see the, the, the market for it 20 years later. Yeah, it's everywhere. Um, anyway, the program launched in July and has already quelled at least one potential wildfire. Yeah. According to Reuters, a camera reportedly recorded a fledgling fire burning at 3 a.m. in the remote Cleveland National Forest east of San Diego. Uh, the AI spotted the inferno, alerted the fire captain who called in 60 firefighters, including seven engines, two bulldozers, two water tankers, and two hand crews. Cal Fire says that it was F- Joe that was sitting there smoking his cigar. Damn it, Joe. Uh, no, sorry. Um, it was Joe, but they extinguished his cigar within 45 minutes. <laughs> I thought you were going to say they extinguished him. 
Yeah, they yeah, they extinguished him and dragged him back to the station. The system was developed by UCSD engineers using AI from the California-based company Digital Path. CalFire has invested over $20 million in the program over the past four years and promises an additional $3.5 million in the near future. Well, congratulations. This is exactly what I think that it should be used for. Um, but I think that yeah, I, I'm just trying to be pragmatic about my observations, you know, uh, good, bad, ugly. It's, I, it certainly feels like it's going to be used for something other than just net good, you know, um, let's keep going. We have another, what the duck moment. This is in Gnometown daily. <laughs> just reading this makes me giggle. A uh, duck who can balance random things on his head becomes internet sensation. I can balance random things on my head and suddenly it's, and I can quack. That's a pretty good duck sound. Um, today he can balance almost anything under a pound, Pablo's owner told uh, Newsweek. So we go over to the source and that is Sophie Lloyd at Newsweek and newsweek.com by the way and i'm gonna hit play on this random things my duck can balance all right pencil wait what tv remote <laughs> waffle <laughs> fidget spinner oh my god <laughs> wait what was number one because it said number two and that's not what i want hold on let me refresh this it's gonna take a little bit Anyway, in the uh, era of internet, it's difficult to predict. Okay, here we go. Why does it start with number two, though? Number Oh, it's a number two pencil. Dumb. Duh. What the hell? Anyway, fidget spinner is the best. Talk about fascinator. Right. That exactly. is pretty fascinating. Fascinator's a little hat, by the way. Usually at derbies and stuff like that, people wear fascinators. Um, nowadays at least, but anywhere, if you wear a little hat, it's a fascinator described by the owner, uh, Samantha as a very handsome boy. Pablo is a duck famous for doing not so duck things with over 730,000 followers on TikTok. The two year old ruin, I guess, um, has delighted fans with his bow tie and butt wiggling clips. See, when I wear nothing but a bow tie and wiggle my butt, I don't, I lose followers and now I'm got, I've got negative followers. So I'm doing something wrong. So yeah, this is a fun, this is a fun little, little snippet. So Pablo was still a chick when he first balanced that life changing bottle cap on his head, but now he can handle a stack of four crackers, a slice of bread and a plastic spoon along with various hats and wigs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that looks like a hat and it's Pringles. It does. It looks like a, yeah, that's awesome. TikTok users agreed that uh, Pablo is a very talented duck. It's a good point. Um, with uh, his balancing act receiving over 970,000 likes. Duck of all trades, commented Alex Smith, H8. Truly gifted, agreed Mystic Aquarium. And when an aquarium is saying full sentences, then you know it's great. 
Let's go on to the next article. Um, I'm going to back up a little bit because I want to grab um, this article and throw it into the chat. And this article and throw it into the chat. And if you're in the chat and you have any questions or comments, feel free to throw them at me. And I'll relay them to the AI. So uh, this next article is over in the mobile channel. New recycling process could find markets for junk plastic waste. Although many Americans deposit their plastic trash into appropriate bins each week, many of those materials, including flexible films, multi-layer materials, and a lot of colored plastics are not recyclable using conventional mechanical recycling methods. In the end, only about 9% uh, uh, of uh, plastic in the United States is ever reused, often in low-value products. A new technique, however, University of Wisconsin-Madison chemical engineers are turning low-value waste into high-value products. So let's go over to the source. Uh, Jason Daly, University of Wisconsin-Madison, wrote the article, posted on fizz.org. It's actually a full article, not just a post, uh, you know. Um, the new method described in the journal Science could increase the economic incentives for plastic recycling and open a door to recycling new types of plastic. Maybe, I don't know, ones that don't shed microplastics. That would be great. Why don't you chemical engineers fix that? That would be great. Um, could increase the economic incentives for plastic recycling and open a door to recycling new types of plastic. The researchers estimate their methods could also reduce greenhouse gas emissions from the conventional production of these industrial chemicals by roughly 60%. The new technique relies on a couple of existing chemical processed, uh, processing techniques. Um, the first is pyrolysis, in which plastics are heated to temperatures in an oxygen-free environment. The result is pyrolysis oil, a liquid uh, mix of various compounds in pyrolysis oil. Um, contains large amounts of olefins, a class of simple hydrocarbons that are a central building block of today's chemicals and polymers, including various types of polyesters, surfactants, alcohols, and carboxylics. I knew I was going to mess this one up. Uh, carb carbolic smoke ball. Yeah. Carbolics it. Carbolicsolic. Okay. Oh my God. Whatever. <laughs> acids um but it's not carbolic smoke ball that's a legal thing <laughs> um it's not carboxylic is it i can't find where the term is right there carboxylic oh, carboxylic carboxylic I yeah i think so yeah, I don't know you how don't it's pronounced. Don't make me sound like an idiot when you repeated it. <laughs> hey, you're like, the AI. That's not you're how supposed you to pronounce know. it. <laughs> you're supposed to be the font of all knowledge for crying out loud. Um, so this is going to change the nature of plastics, except that right now we have a real microplastic problem. So, um, recycling is a bigger problem. If we can recapture all of the plastic, recycle it, then at least we have it out of the system not shedding constantly um, into the food system, into our water supply and into us ultimately. So yay to these engineers, let's keep it going and let's get all of that plastic back. And if we have to recycle it into something else, then fine, that's great. 
you know, I, uh, I want to shred my, uh, 3d printing stuff, uh, when I make a mistake and recycle it. Um, but, uh, apparently I, I, you can't find these methods to do that. Um, you know, in a, in a small lab environment, you have to ship it somewhere and it gets reprocessed. Um, but I would love to be able to minimize the impact of plastic, um, around the world. So instead of doing that kind of stuff, we recycle, but, um, we're moving, trying to move further away from having plastic, um, for food containers, for drinking containers, etc. Um, so you go ceramic, you go metal, you go glass, um, and, uh, that solves some of it and you don't recycle as much. Um, the only bad thing is you can't go anywhere. You can't go to a fast food place. You can't go to a restaurant, um, and get anything to go without being just basically enveloped in plastic. Uh, the study was a collaborative effort across a few different, uh, UW Madison departments. Huber says, uh, Clark Landis chair of the department of chemistry and a world expert on hydroformylation. Um, suggested the possibility of applying the technique to pyrolysis oils. So everybody was helping each other out. And like all science, we stand on the shoulders of giants. So again, good on them. Let's keep on going. We're about halfway through today's show folks. So time to stand up, take a break, stretch, you know, touch your toes, go out, touch some grass, come on back. We'll be probably two articles in later because I'll start soapboxing. Maybe not. Next article is over in the Mobile channel. How a lawsuit about pencils can protect rights in the AI era. Uh, a new federal appeals court ruling on a case about one of the simplest forms of technology, the pencil, could prove important for ensuring government accountability in the age of artificial intelligence. So I'm going to go straight on over to the hill where this is sourced from. Uh, Carrie Conglianis, opinion contributor. So uh, again, it's the contributor's opinion, not the Hill's, um, and certainly not mine. Um, although I might agree, I'm sure that there's some minutia in here that I don't agree with at all. Um, but I can discuss this and, and, um, you know, still, <laughs> still not just leave the Hill. Um, so a new federal appeals court ruling in a case about one of the simplest forms of technology, the pencil could prove important for ensuring government accountability. The U S court of appeals for the federal circuit court last or federal circuit last month issued a decision in a trade related case involving U S customs and border protection or the CBP. The CBP had ruled that an importer of pencils had violated trade rules while the importer argued that the CBP had violated its due process rights. The dispute seems pretty banal, but it has much broader implications for government use of machine learning algorithms developed by private contractors. Now, hate to break it to y'all. The only reason why the government is as powerful as it is right now in terms of observing people and policing the country and all of that is because corporations have lobbied the government to privatize and not have in-house government actors performing solution provi uh, providing tools. 
they are not developing in-house as much as they are contracting out. So Big Brother is leaning on Little Sister to do Big Brother's homework. And it's costing taxpayers a metric ton of cash. And the citizens are sitting there complaining that the government is doing it when it's really the corporations that are doing it. Do you really think that the, sur the surveillance state of the United States could have existed without Booz Allen? It's just not an option. It was contractors, government contractors that made all of this possible. Um, and AI is funded by requests for grants into computer science and engineering so that it could be created. Now, the government is sitting there saying, thanks for the tool. We're going to utilize it to its greatest benefit for the government. But guess what the government consists of, folks? You and I, our neighbors, our friends, our family, even the people you don't like are part of the government. It isn't this uh, existential threat to mankind from on high in a, a spaceship somewhere, an alien entity. It is us. We are literally mad at ourselves. So it's time to look past all of the issues and, and get down to what it is that is the real issue. If it's them versus us kind of mentality, you've got a real problem because we are all in this. Sh Pardon me. I'll, I won't, <laughs> I need to filter that. We're all in this together. Um, and pointing fingers at each other and hating on each other is not the way to go. Um, there's a limit, i.e. the wingnuts that want to be extremist have no place in society because they very much violate the contract of working with each other um, to find common ground to move society forward. I guess I'm naive. I've been told that before, but I would rather be the change I want to see in the world than just point my finger and say, I hate you because you're from this state or you have this political allegiance. There is, again, though, a a limit to how much you can tolerate. Um, and uh, it's usually when somebody wants to overthrow the government, let's say, or impose their rights on other people's rights, where it's limiting instead of embracing. You know, I, I have no problem with somebody uh, demanding that arms are wider open. I have a serious problem when somebody demands that you can't do with your body what you want to do with your body. Now, the reason why I talk about all of this is because a machine learning algorithm did something that impacted a private contractor. Many of the government agencies need to rely on private contractors to provide the expertise and skills to support AI decision systems. When private contractors claim trade secret protection over the algorithms, they create a kind of legal black box question. Does the trade secret protection claimed by contractors inevitably deny individuals or corporations their due process rights? The clear message from the Federal Circuit's recent decision is that trade secret protection must give way to due process. I agree. Um, so, but the problem here is that regulatory capture and 
lobbying will push this legal decision in some direction. And I don't know, maybe a Supreme Court justice here or there might be given gifts by a corporate uh, entity or a billionaire. And suddenly the decision is shifted in one direction or another, or I don't know. I'll let you just ponder that. Maybe you can come back and you can talk to me and the AI and anybody else who might be listening here in hometown. Um, come on back and hang out. So back to the case decided last month by Federal Circuit. Uh, Royal Brush Manufacturing v. United States landed in federal court when an importer of pencils challenged CBP's accusation that the importer had evaded trade rules by claiming its imported pencils were made in the Philippines rather than in China. In its challenge to CBP's decision, the importer argued that its due process rights were violated because it was not given access to photos and data that CBP had used in reaching its decision. CBP argued, though, that it couldn't provide the importer with this information because they related to a third party, the manufacturing company in the Philippines, that the importer claimed to have made its pencils. According to the CBP, the business data collected from the Philippines firm, along with the photos of its manufacturing facilities, indicated that the firm lacked the capacity to make all the pencils that the importer had claimed to have bought. But the CBP wouldn't turn over the business data or the photos to the importer because they comprised confidential business information and the agency had a statutory obligation to protect that confidentiality. Okay, citizens of hometown, the amount of money and time and resources around pencils. Yeah, let's just leave that right there. Let's stick a pencil in it and just move on past this because this is absurd. Absolutely absurd. Um, but it's going to impact the future of using machine learning, AI, automated systems that are evaluating things, because apparently that is what was used in this to determine that they couldn't meet the requirements, which seems to be absurd. And frankly, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like now, first of all, we're talking about pencils. I know this article is not about pencils, but it's pretty interesting that this even arose. Yeah. I agree. So um, litigants are uh, litigants challenging the government's application of machine learning algorithms might now be able to rely on the federal circuit decision to gain access to information about those uh, their, those algorithms, uh, even when they're developed and deployed by a private contractor who claims trade secret protection as in the Houston case from 2017. So it's taken six years to get to this point. Justice moves slowly when it needs to and swift when you don't necessarily want it to. Anyway, let's keep going. The next article is over in the mobile channel, popular Kiwi brand recalled in 14 states over Listeria threat. So if you are interested in uh, Kiwis uh, and we're talking about the fruit, um, the fruit sold under the brand name Zespri is being recalled by David Oppenheimer. Well, 
there's your problem. Um, David Oppenheimer and company. I don't know what that is right there. There's like a character that implies company I, or is, is that I like a type like Roman numeral one? Maybe I can't see it very well. It's a lowercase I. I mean, it's an I, it's a capital I, um, which I guess could be a Roman numeral one, but why would that be David Oppenheimer and company one? LLC doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Due to uh, possible contamination with Listerio, Listeria, um, an organism that can cause serious infection and illness. Um, apparently it says that the recall, uh, the recalled Kiwi was grown in New Zealand and repacked for sale in North America by Zespri. The issue was detected after the Kentucky department of, um, public health conducted a routine sampling on July 7th. So we'll jump over to, uh, don't have no idea what this is. This has nothing to do with the article. So anyway, product recall, um, Casey or sorry, Callie Cassick and Jocelyna Joyner over at the Hill, put this article together. It's reported by, um, WDTN in Dayton, Ohio, a large fruit distributor has issued a voluntary recall. We'll just close that. Um, for one pound packages of kiwi fruit. Yeah, it's there again, right there. It's the actual name, Company I. Weird. Um, as of August 8th, there have been no illnesses reported. Uh, so maybe everybody dodged a bullet. I don't know this. Wow, this packaging actually looks familiar. Like you get, uh, well, I haven't had any kiwi from. Uh, it looks like kiwi that we've seen near hometown. Yeah. So, um, just to uh, just to uh, let y'all know, the recalled products were shipped between June 14th and July 7th and sold at retail locations in Florida, Georgia, Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky, Michigan, North Carolina, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, uh, Texas, Virginia, and Wisconsin. Um, there are UPC numbers that you can, uh, investigate. Um, and I need to grab an article, um, like play catch up with the articles cause we've moved past them. Sorry about that. By the folks. way, I looked up the actual FDA notice and it's written with a capital I, like it looks like a Roman numeral. There. So it's cut. Company like I little, um, I forgot what the things are called across. Yeah. Yeah. The bars on the top. Yeah. Interesting. I I've never seen a company do that, but I, I don't know. Maybe they're a subsidiary. Well, there's actually a comma between the I and the LLC. So at the company's site. Uh, yeah, that's pretty typical. So the full, the name of the company is that. Yeah. So company I, David Oppenheimer and company I <laughs> or company one, it might be a Roman numeral, uh, you know, one <laughs> in their estimate. I don't know. That's just, I've never seen anything like that at any rate. doesn't even matter. Um, go and check your kiwi fruit, um, and keep yourself healthy. Let's keep on going. Uh, the next article is over in the Warcrafters channel. Roblox wants you to interview inside Roblox to work at Roblox. <sighs> okay. 
So there is only one thing in this world to date that I can sit there and say makes me feel old because I don't understand it and I don't feel like I have the ability to comprehend it. I, I imagine this is what great grandparents feel when they look at um, a VCR and it's blinking 12 and they're like, my God, I have no idea what this magic is. I'm going to go hit it with a stick. You know, I feel like I am from 2001, a space odyssey. I'm the, the, the ape with the stick hitting the monolith because I don't understand Roblox at all. I've seen people play it. I've tried to play it. I just don't get it. Okay, boomer. Ah, see, I knew you were going to say something like that. So what's the game that was, it's from, uh, I think it's called, it's from Korea. I think it is the, the game where if you don't stop when they tell you to stop or do something, when they tell you to do something, you can be Squid shot. Game. Squid game. That's how I feel. Like when I'm sitting there trying to comprehend Roblox, like I would be the first one just deleted off the map. If Roblox was squid game. Yeah. Anyway, they need a Roblox squid game mashup. I don't know what they need. Uh, is there a Roblox with training wheels kind of a thing or like a, 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 a Roblox Walker that has those speed uh, tennis balls on the two front wheels or posts something to help me navigate <laughs> Roblox. Anyway, the author here says, I suppose there was a time when the thought of conducting interviews over zoom or Skype was unheard of. So perhaps the idea of interviewing candidates inside virtual worlds isn't such a wild concept, especially when in Roblox's case, the virtual world you're interviewing inside is for the very platform you're trying to work for. I see this is this. I totally understand, you know, if you're going to try and work for Roblox, they want you to know Roblox forwards and backwards and not after the fact. They want you to already be so engaged that you basically have, you know, you have the ability to teach other people about Roblox negative onboarding type type of thing, you know? So um, if you're going to interview and they say, okay, we'll meet you in Roblox or whatever. Right. And your first question is, how do I get to Roblox? Yeah, I'm just, assuming you lose the interview slot. <laughs> they just hang up on you. They don't even bother saying bye. They just, no. <laughs> you get ghosted and the ghost disappears right in front of you. So the articles over at PC Gamer, Molly Taylor is the author. And uh, the deck statement is pretty much the antithesis of what I just said, or not the antithesis of what I just said. It's at parody with what I said. I mean, why not? That's the deck statement. I mean, why not? Um, I am the antithesis of a candidate for <laughs> working at Roblox. I think you should apply just to report back what the experience is like. I, I could, I guarantee you, I could get into it. Um, but I wouldn't be able to like, they would ask me a question about Roblox and I'd go, what's Roblox, you know, 
like spiritually, I have no idea what Roblox is. I really, I don't understand anything about it. Even though I've been in it. Anyway. I mean, you're talking to the wrong uh, AI about that because I don't have any expertise about Roblox. Yeah, I'm sure that there's a citizen in Gnome Town that can try and explain it. Uh, but I don't think it's going to do any good. Oh, that's interesting. I was just sent a message um, via hometown uh, instant communicator that says uh, Roblox Beginner's Guide, how to get started exploring and creating. Um, and of course, it links to androidpolice.com, which um, I use Android for utility. Um, and that's about it. So if but you're maybe out there, that's folks, what you're missing. Maybe you need to be using it for Roblox guides. All right, AI. I, I'm going to delete this whole section. Okay. Well, um, go over to PC Gamer and um, you can uh, read more about this. Uh, there are places to go and listen to clips of Roblox podcasts while your character sits awkwardly stiff, perfectly upright with their arms sitting rigidly either side. There's also a curated selection of books and other reading materials to help wannabe employees prepare for interviews, plus a variety of virtual immersive events that the company is planning to hold throughout the year. This is at the Roblox Career Center, and it's touted as an immersive experience where would-be candidates can drop in for information all about working for the company, according to a blog post from the VP of Talent Acquisition, Jason Buss. Yeah, if anybody wants to go work at uh, Roblox, then there's your link, folks. It's in chat. It's in the VOD. It'll be in the show notes. Let's move on. Um, we have, uh, not only do we have a lot of ducks, but we also have a lot of PSAs in today's show. Uh, Target is recall. This is in the Stock Marketeers channel because it'll impact Target and Sensio. Uh, Target is recalling 2.2 million candles and Sensio is recalling 860,000 pressure cookers. Um, so not only is it, are we in the dark, but, um, we're under pressure. See, that's funnier in my head. Y'all out there should be laughing at this. Uh, Target has recalled 2.2 million candles and Sensio has recalled 860,000 pressure cookers. Tommy Kilgore over at marketwatch.com put this article together. Boom. So everybody go and check your candles. And your pressure cookers. And your pressure cookers. If you have one that's referred to as the Bella brand electric and stovetop pressure cookers, the lids can unlock and be removed during use. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, that's kind of a problem. I mean, because the only thing you don't want a pressure cooker to do is pretty much that. <laughs> yeah. Sensio said it's received 61 reports of burn injuries, including second and third degree burns to the face, arms, hands, and torso. And they were sold at JCPenney, Kohl's, Lowe's, Macy's, Target stores. Wow, Target got a double whammy there. And online at Amazon.com from September 2015 to 2020, between $30 and $70 for the electric and 18 to eight, uh, eight to $18 for the stovetop. Wow. 
Okay, that's kind of a problem because the the range of time frame was 2015 to 2020 and we're in 2023. Hey, it takes a so long time. That means time. somebody could have it in their house for 8 years. Sure. See, I don't know how they got to 61 um injuries. I I'm always curious about this because somebody could have like there could be one airbag that goes off in a car and it instantly causes a recall, but 61 people. And, and I always wonder about like, what was it? Like, who was it that triggered the recall? Like, how did this get brought into existence? Right. Well, and at least on this one, you'd like to think that they all get reported because it's pretty dangerous, but why did it take 61? People, well, right. And but the other thing is, is it really 61 or is it 600? Because I don't think there's actually, if it's other things, like if a candle right. breaks, people don't necessarily report it. They just throw it away or whatever. Um, right. And so I don't, it seems like one should have been enough for something on a pressure cooker. Yeah. It took, <clears throat> it took 19 for the candle. And 61 for the pressure cooker. I mean, one involves flame. One involves potential explosion or burns. It seems to me both of those should have gone a little more quickly. The candle one, though, it might be hard to determine that it's actually the product. Right, right, right. Well, I guess, yeah. I mean, when your pressure cooker goes Chernobyl, yeah, you, you pretty much know that there's a flaw like, in the design exactly that's pretty wild okay our last article let's keep going last article for today is in hometown daily a canadian woman mysteriously received over 50 packages of women's shoes she never ordered she says she was asked to pay over 220 dollars in collect on delivery fees uh, that's cod for those in the new <laughs> or not in the new um a Canadian woman mysteriously received over 50 packages of women's shoes. Talk about giving the boot or getting the boot. A Canadian woman says she ordered uh, or she received 50 Amazon packages over two months that she did not order. I start shaking when I see a package at my door. They keep coming and it just doesn't end. It isn't the first time someone's been flooded with Amazon packages they never ordered. See, well, here in the United States, if you receive something through the mail and you didn't order it, it's yours. Um, I don't know about the COD element of that, but um, if it's labeled for you at your place, then it's yours. That is my understanding. I've never been told different. If it's got a different name on it, then it's not yours and it's a federal crime to open it up. <laughs> so take it back to the post office. Um, Kai Jing Tao is the author of this. I think that's how they pronounce their name. Um, they're over at businessinsider.com. Kind of interesting. I don't know what the COD side of things are with this. There must be a scam or something associated with this. Couriers often left the parcels without offering her a chance to refuse, she told CBC, and uh, this has resulted in over 300 Canadian dollars or over $220 in collect on delivery fees from UPS. Um, according to CBC, 
Nidu has taped a sign onto her door that says all COD deliveries for, uh, I don't know what Inca Nidu, I guess, um, are refused. Is that their name? Yeah, that's their name. That is their actual name. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And, and if it's COD, I wouldn't want it anyway. If I didn't order it, then I would deny it. Do you but think if they... it's somebody messing with the person individually? Like, it just, I don't know. I can't figure out what the scam is, if it's a scam. So, I don't see now. Uh, this I've seen, a Virginia woman similarly flooded. This one I remember. I swear we've probably talked about this, because this is in 2023. Um, I think we did talk about that one. And I thought we had another one that was, like, further back. UK, but I can't yeah. remember exactly what the... That one was a whole bunch of payment stuff. Like there was a whole bunch of books. That's right. That's uh, right. Like uh, accounting stuff going through that one address. Like 1,100 companies were filing their tax documents. That's right. It wasn't deliveries. Yeah. The thing about this is if it's Amazon purchases and it's COD, somebody's making the purchases. So why not contact Amazon? Right. There's got to be a record of that, right? Yeah. Unless they're using something fraudulent, but why would they be doing COD if they're actually paying for it? Right. Yeah, I don't get it. Um, here, let me throw this into chat. And um, our last article is now in chat as well. Um, yeah, I don't I don't get it. I, this should have been like a stop to this um, should have been done. A long time ago, it says corrective action is being taken to stop the packages. Amazon told the outlet um, while UPS and CBC are investigating the issue. Interesting. Pretty cool. Um, I would be curious as to how this is. Whatever is getting purchased has to have a card. If somebody's just gifting this person randomly because they like them and they want to see them walking around with, you know, 50 different pairs of shoes. Um, it's creepy as hell, but a legal investigation into it would be able to discern who it is that's making these purchases or if they're fraudulent. And if they're fraudulent, then there's a whole other issue here. Yeah, there is, but they didn't answer the key question. I mean, are the shoes in the person's nice. size? Yeah. Are they nice shoes? Are they in the... <laughs> right. Are they love a 10? Or are they like, uh, you know, knockoff... Uh... Bob's Bait and Tackle brand Right, shoes. right. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the sellers using fake accounts to send items to random addresses, then posting positive reviews themselves. That's part of the scam. Um, oh, okay. Possibly. Um it's a theory because um it gets flagged as being an actual purchase and not just a random review um it says alternatively sellers could be clearing uns unsold stock to evade storage fees which if somebody's purchasing them and then sending them randomly to cod who's paying saving money there yeah well right exactly even if it was cod if it was just left on my porch and it's COD, I would pick that thing up and drive it right on back and go nope and, and return it to UPS. Thank you very little. Um, I mean, I, have you ever received a package that was COD? 
No. That would no. be a, a major flag, I would think. Yeah. I don't know why they would actually drop it off if it's COD. Um, well, that's true. Wouldn't they require the person to pay? Yeah. I don't it's know. cash on delivery, so. Um, weird. Oh, well. Okay, folks. Well, that's it for tonight. We actually um, did this pretty quick. I said there wasn't going to be much soapboxing. Yay, and there wasn't. So uh, we always bring us back to the front page of Omtown, mash the welcome sign, get a whole bunch of new news. Um, talking about living with climate change and IRS targets employee stock ownership plans and uh, AOC is involved here and Gal Gadot details the big task of her Cleopatra movie. So much news. Smuggler's Review, a female extra diver makes satisfying action heroes and funky Korean caper. Hey, why not? That's um, oddly niche. Yep. Um, some of this stuff is, uh, gets a little, uh, I don't know. Some of it isn't pleasant to read, folks. So that is uh, the news. And uh, a little of everything gets aggregated into hometown and little snippets not the full article. So go over and check it out. I guarantee you, you'll find something. Well, I can't really guarantee it. Somebody's going to call my bluff and say, Oh, you guaranteed me. Anyway, you'll find something. I'm sure. At any rate, that's it for today. I am Marwat. That is hometown.com. And up there is the AI that didn't keep me out of too much trouble today. You want to say bye? <laughs> Sure. Uh, good night, hometown citizens. We'll see you tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern. True story. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh,